A lot of you are familiar with the DNA Project and have been rocking with us for a while, but some of you aren't. A lot of you are faithful listeners of the podcast, but aren't familiar with some of the other work that we do. So I just want to take a quick moment to explain to you a little bit more of what we do. So you're getting married, or you have a friend, a cousin, a sister, somebody you know is getting married. Okay. You've booked your venue, caterers, photographer, all that good stuff. When it comes to live music, most people have no idea where to look. We have you covered. Picture this. During the ceremony, while guests are being seated, or while the bride's walking down the aisle. During the cocktail hour, while guests are just mingling and having a good time. Don't forget about dinner music. That's very important to set the mood while guests eat. And we definitely can't forget the party. Let's get the party started right now with The DNA Project. www.thednaproject.ca for more information. <laughs> hey guys, how y'all doing? We're doing good, sir. How are you? Good, good. Welcome to the DNA Airwaves. I am Anthony, and joined with me as usual is Dariki. Yo. And we got a wonderful, fantastic gentleman who I'm really anxious to talk to today, man. This guy is a uh, music extraordinaire. I got a lot of questions for you, sir, so get ready. But today we, with, we right, have with us uh, <laughs> Keith Harris. If you're not familiar with him, you're familiar with his work. And by the end of this chat, you'll be very familiar with both. So, <laughs> man, thanks. Thanks. This is, uh, this is an exciting Thank one you. for me. I don't even know where to start. So there's so many things I have on my mind to ask you. So I guess I'm just going <laughs> to chip away and let it, Go just, for it. let it just build from there. But me and Dariki were just talking before you came in because you're, I believe, a drummer first, right? Absolutely. Uh, grew up playing drums in church. Um, and of course, drums and keyboards and guitar kind of go hand in hand. So yeah, started on drums, learned keys and organ because to play at church and yeah. then bass guitar. And you know, those those instruments has carried me uh, throughout my career. So you play everything that was in the church band. <laughs> yep, that was free to play. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's funny you say that. You said that drums and keys go hand in hand. And right before you jumped in here, I was just saying that there aren't very many. I'm sure there's a lot, but it's not as common for drummers to also play keys. Yeah, True. I think it, it kind of goes, especially in the church, man. It's like yeah. you are surrounded by all of these instruments and, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. keyboards is very percussive, just like drums. And, True. you know, yeah. you kind okay. of have one mind with a keyboard so organist when you're doing it all at church you're doing everything doing playing keys bass yeah. organ bass yeah, yeah, yeah. so yeah it's, it's all the same yeah, I feel you, man. yeah it is it is all right so started off in church i guess we'll just talk through the the evolution of uh of your career so from the church musician i guess and then what what point did you take it from church to beyond church i guess we can kind of start there yeah. So, you know, I grew up on the south side of Chicago, uh, okay. went to uh, New Friendship Missionary Baptist Church in Chicago. Shout out. Uh, so that was around the age of 10. Okay. So that's when I got introduced to music. Um, you know, my family always told me that I would love when the commercials would come on. Yeah. Okay. Uh, because I would run to the TV to hear the music. And then once uh. the regular programming come on, I run away. <laughs> so it was always in my DNA yeah, to, to like you know, be called to music. So the church was the first opportunity I had a chance to, uh, like I said, play on instruments because, you know, my family, we couldn't afford it. Living in an apartment building, you know, drums yeah, really don't no, no. go yeah, good yeah. with the neighbors. Yeah, you know what okay. I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, started there uh, around 10 years old, and then that brought me to my high school, which was Curie High School of the Performing Arts. Okay. So that's where I kind of honed my craft as a drummer, learning how to read, uh, also being in different types of bands, jazz band, marking band, concert yeah. band. Okay, okay. Yeah, so getting the foundations and fundamentals of music uh, in, in high school, which made me want to do it more and professionally, mm. so that took me to Berkeley College of Music. Nice. And then, okay. you know, that's where everything came together and, you know, got me here. So uh, my question is always, I've noticed a lot of people, and I mean, someone with your credentials, it makes sense because you obviously have probably maybe the most out of anyone I've personally gotten a chance to speak to. But how important was it for you to go to Berkeley? And what would you recommend that kids or anyone that's practicing music, you know, continue to develop in the post-secondary level of, of music? Or is it something that after high school, as long as you keep practicing, you should be okay? Good question. Man. Well, it's a little bit of both of those. Right. Um, 
Because you know when I I sound so old now. When I went to school, <laughs> back in my day, yeah, yeah, like yo, we didn't have YouTube, right. we didn't have all that yeah, stuff. Yeah, so point. all the stuff that kids can learn at the drop of a dime, we had to pay money to do. Right, right, right. Mm, yeah. But the one thing you pay your money for when you go to college is the network yes. of people that you. Yeah, meet. that's invaluable. Right. So that's what you're really paying for because people to this day that I've interacted with in the industry, some people are CEOs, uh, running big corporations, doing all types of things. Yeah. And I still have that leverage to be like, yo, what's up, X, Y, and Z? Yeah, we went yeah. to school together. Oh, word. I remember, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Come by my office. Right, yeah. right. You know what I'm saying? So it's that camaraderie, that it's that network that becomes invaluable. Once you uh, progress in your career, nice. That makes sense. I think networking yeah. is is a big, big part of any music, any instrument, musician, anybody. Networking it's, is yes. definitely yeah. a key. So it does make sense that school can give you kind of a bit of a, an edge, especially that kind of school, because you're connected with some wonderful people there and some high level people for sure. I can imagine. And um, you know, not to knock anyone who don't take that route mm. because it's a lot of people who have become very successful not going to school. Right. But it also just depends on what your end goal is as well. So, you know, for myself, I ended up not only playing drums and keys, I ended up producing. Right. I, I'm an engineer. Yeah. I can mm. arrange string sections. I can do horns. So big, it yeah. gives me a little bit more leverage. Yeah to be put in different situations and more stressful situations. And then also being able to communicate different musical thoughts and ideas to people that know music right. and people that don't. That's key. So yeah. I'm kind of like that guy in the middle, you know? Do you typically, because you have all this knowledge, do you still work with an engineer separately or do you do everything yourself? Well, it just depends on what I'm working on. Right. Um, you know, what I'm, like writing and producing I'm mostly by myself gotcha. because I like to take my time and do certain things. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, I also am an MD. So while musical directing, uh, I'm kind of worried about the music and arrangements. So I'm not really keen on the sound. Right. Right. That's when I have my engineer comes. Cause we have a, a strategy and a procedure that we go through Makes sense. when we're doing those live recordings right. and things of that sort. Yeah. yeah. We'll definitely want to uh, dive into that and talk about those different hats you wear. And even that process you yeah. mentioned with yourself as an MD and the engineer. So I'll make a mental note of that. But So picking up at where you left off at Berkeley, you had mentioned um, at some point you picked up producing. So I'm wondering what you did coming out of college. Was it more like production work and kind of what uh, was it that led to your, I guess you could say your break or your kind of getting your foot in the door? Yeah, the transition. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Honestly, man, it was a... So in college, I was, it's funny. It depends on where you saw me. That's what you knew me to do. Right. Uh, right. Okay. So if you saw me at a, at a, at a club, yeah. Keith was a drummer. Right. right? Okay. If you saw me at church, Keith was the organist. Right. Uh, right. <laughs> but then if you saw me in, in, in school working, Keith is a producer. Right. And if they uh, saw you in the streets. So, um, no, I'm just joking. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't see me. No. You can't see me. If you saw me in the streets, that wasn't me. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah man yeah. It, was, it was honestly um, one one um, clinic that happened at Berkeley back in the day for the Black Student Union okay okay. Uh, this uh, en not engineer a uh, producer uh, named Richard Young Lord Frierson he was like one of the youngest uh, hitmen Puffy's hitmen back in the uh, day I got you yeah. okay so yeah. he came to Berkeley did a clinic and he asked like does anybody have any music that you want to play. I was like, me? Yeah, so yeah. <laughs> I went through my CD jewel case. Oh, yeah. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, of course. Flip it through, <laughs> flip it through. <laughs> flip through that joint, found um, my gold CD, put that joint in, oh, and um, he loved what he heard. Mm. So from that was that was probably like about uh, 90, like 97, 98, somewhere around there. Okay. And um, I used to intern for him. So I was still in Boston in school. Okay. But like on the weekends, I would go to New York. You know, and back then there was no computers and stuff like that. So I would have to be the patch guy and and, um, and uh, writing down all the programs uh, because he used the MPC 3000. Right, right, right. right. Okay. So if he, he if he had to go to the studio and place a song and track it, I had to recreate what he had at his studio at another studio. Uh, so putting okay. the keyboards back uh, together, doing all that stuff, writing it all down in a book. 
Yeah, so it was very tedious. So that's kind of how I got my start into doing real production. Okay. And my first um, engineering gig mm-hmm. was this song he did called Rap Money by Tash and Raekwon. That was my first mm. engineering that's a, credit. Well, that's a big credit. Um, yeah. yeah, that that was that was scary. I was like, oh my god, this is an SSL. Like, yeah. oh my god, is, what do I do? Right. But um, yeah. So from that point, that's how I got my foot in the door working with him. Nice. And then the stuff, you know, everything started to gradually slow ball until I had a friend that introduced me to the musical director of the Black Eyed Peas. Nice. Uh, yeah, he was in um, New York doing a show for another group, so I kind of subbed in on drums. Mm. And the rest is history, man. We kept in contact. Uh, the original drummer and bassist of the Black Eyed Peas, uh, they left the band. They called me. And, um, you know, in what, 2003 was my first show with them, Coachella Music Festival. Damn. And I've been yeah. there ever since. That's amazing. That's what was nice. that experience like just playing with the Black Eyed Peas? And at the time, they were probably one of the biggest pop, art, pop, pop acts in the world. So yeah. when I first got on the gig... Black Eyed Peas was the the black like they were kind of like Joints and Jams still <laughs> exactly yeah, 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 that, yeah. that was their biggest song yeah, Joints right, and Jam yeah. it was like the roots in the Black Eyed Peas <laughs> right, they were yeah, like the yeah, two yeah, live yeah, band yeah. hip hop groups <laughs> yeah that's right? true so you know it was it was a I was in the trenches with them you know this was like the college gigs this was yeah, like showing up to okay. a college show in the in the gymnasium right, there's right. like fifteen people there uh, but we're playing like it's a thousand you know we're going in. And uh, I had a chance to build with the band uh, and also build with, you know, the guys Will I Am, uh, Appetab, yeah, and become a part of the the, the writing and production as um, they start to hear what I can do. Yeah. And um, like I said, Will I Am gave me that shot, and um, the rest has been history. There's a funny story with the with one of the songs. I don't know how many you produced, but I listened to the video of you telling the story of I'm a B and how you sent it to him. And it was, the session was just called hit. <laughs> you knew from the jump that it was already <laughs> yep. good. And when he heard Absolutely. it, he asked you for some information to start recording right away. And uh, yep. have you always had that confidence in your production that you knew 99.9% of your stuff is fire? <laughs> Absolutely not. Okay. <laughs> Absolutely not. Because 99.9% of it ain't. It's right. just that little small few right. that that's like really catch on. Yes. Okay. You know, all producers got a hard drive full of beats that will never see the light of day. Absolutely. Absolutely. Even <laughs> even the best of the best, man. So don't think that everybody just spitting hot fire. Right, you know right, what I'm right. It's, it's trial and error. It's uh, it's a process, yeah. you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, some songs just feel right. Mm-hmm. And when I did that one, it just felt right. Right, you know? yeah. It felt, and, and, you know, sometimes when I do a beat, I get like a tingly feeling. Like, this feels special. <laughs> like, yeah, you know no. what I'm saying? The spidey senses start going yeah, on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that was one of them. And that was one. I would say that was one. And then the, the second song I felt like that with was Meet Me Halfway because I got that song in a dream. Oh, really? And I remembered the music. Yeah. So sometimes I get songs in dreams and I'd be like, oh my God, I got to remember these chords. So I tell myself subconsciously, like, look at your hands. Remember the chords. You know what I'm saying? So I wake up and be like, oh, okay. I remember what it was. Wow. Yeah, so I got that song in a dream. Because I've had those moments where you hear something in your head and you got to try and spit it out, but you're too busy and you don't. Then you go back and like, oh, what was that beat? And you, Oh, I forgot it. I forgot it. So to do that in a dream and come out of the dream and remember, that's impressive. Wow. Yeah, man. So, you know, it's a couple of those that were just like having more than special, but yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. (laughs) You just get up and run straight to the keys. That's when you tuned in, man. Yeah, no, for real. Yeah, yeah, literally. So you you run straight to the keys where I kept humming and singing it. So I remembered it. You know what I'm saying? So then when I got a chance to get to it, I knew what it was. Anthony, wow. can you hear in your dreams? I don't know if can I've I ever hear? heard audio in my dreams. Oh, like, yeah, do can I you get hear like things? inspiration? <laughs> yeah. Or hear or just even voices. Sound? Hear. Yeah. Hear. Yeah, of course. You don't hear in your dreams? I don't hear in my dreams. It's Hold tripping on, me out. This is another podcast. We'll do it. No, no, no. We'll, <laughs> hey, man, we could do it this real quick. Listen, in my dreams, I'd be rapping and doing all types of stuff. Really? I'm like, man, I got to remember this rap. Damn. <laughs> and then the, the rapping stuff don't, don't translate. <laughs> it doesn't translate. <laughs> don't translate for me, bro. Just the beats. Just yeah, the beats. Yeah, yeah. I was like, yo, these lyrics are fire. And I wake up, I was like, what was that? Yeah. <laughs> Write it out. It doesn't make no sense. That's crazy. That's fun. Right, I'm going to take, take a side note here. Just to, Actually, I'll just take a mental note. We'll get back to that because that's... 
That's interesting. I don't know if this is something that others experience or not. Do you hear your own voice in your dream? I guess that's my only question, then we'll have to move on. <laughs> you know what? I would say yes. Especially really? those times when I'm rapping. When I'm rapping, yeah. for sure. <laughs> so, Dricky, That's fascinating to me. I got to get back to you for one quick. So you don't hear any sound in your dreams, not even the wind. Never. Nothing not your whole wind. life. No. But I understand what's happening. It's you know what I mean? Pictures? Like, I know no, what's I, happening. I'm not really I see sure. images oh. and people yeah. talking. And for some reason, I just get... know what they're saying, but I don't hear what oh. they're saying. Mm. It's weird. I've never heard of anyone being able to hear in their dream. And not only hear, but remember. Really? That's remember. that's pretty impressive. Huh. I've yeah, blown yeah, Anthony yeah. away. He's so I'm confused. Like, <laughs> can you press pause real quick? Because you were like, you know, some people were like, man, I remember I talked to my father and he yeah. told me X, Y, and Z. Yeah. And we're like, yeah, huh, that's, mm, that's interesting. That maybe my brain's broken. Or maybe it's, <laughs> <laughs> you got some other visual, creative beast things happening in there. That's interesting, man. Maybe, yeah. who knows, who knows. Or maybe Autism. you just really needed to distract me from what I was about to ask because now I forgot. That's crazy, man. <laughs> wow. Oh, so I'm going to jump around a little bit here because you've worked with like a huge list of artists. And actually, since I've mentioned that, what are some of the things, some of the ways that you've used to just balance um, not only learning music, but learning other people's music and then the different roles you play, like sometimes having to arrange shows versus be there as drummer or whatever it is. How do you balance the different roles and the different artists and different projects you have going on at, at one time? Yeah, I, I think the best way to balance it is having a team of people that you trust. Big, right. Because okay. you can't do it all by yourself. Right, exactly. And, and most people in the music industry want to be known for doing everything. Mm. Mm. Okay. I don't want to be that guy. If I, if I would have my choice, why would I want to work hard to show everybody I can do everything rather than work smarter right. and get people that are good at what they do to compliment what I do. That makes sense. You yeah. know? So that's kind of how I've always been to a fault, unfortunately, mm -hmm. because sometimes that has burned me by being so nice. And being so, yeah, let's do it as a team. Right. Got you. Um, okay. You know? And it is sometimes, too, you know, being completely transparent, you know, sometimes you feel like because you're doing that, mm -hmm. you're sacrificing in some ways because I'm looking at the collective instead of myself. Right. Right? I get yeah. that. And it's like I can put myself out there like, yeah, I can do this, I do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, some people do that. And their career path goes in a different direction, maybe a little bit faster, but, you know, mine might be a little bit slower. But mm -hmm. just being real, it's, it, it takes you to really just understand what your path is right. and being comfortable with that, mm -hmm. you know, yep. because we can all get caught up in like, man, the next man is doing this. The next man is doing that. Why sure. am I here? For sure. Yeah, yeah, you know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. So, you know, just point. being comfortable and at the end of the day, just being comfortable, just knowing that I actually helped other people make money. Right. That's what make me feel good. That's that. huge, man. Right. You know? Yeah, for That's sure. A, a valuable service. Yeah, no, I like yeah. that. I like that. Um, all right, so let me just break down a couple of those hats because I keep mentioning them. So when you're approaching, let's say, a live show right now, um, what are some of the biggest difference in your, differences in your process going in as a musical director versus... Uh, a musician or a session musician? Musical director is kind of like being the project manager for a corporation. Right. right. Good. It's like you have to be, you have to delegate duties and you got to be a great communicator. Right. And that's even before you start doing music. Right. right? Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. before you get in the studio because you have to balance what the artists want. Right. And then you have to balance what the musicians need to give the artists what they want. Got you. Yeah. True, right. Yep. And I like to be that guy in the middle to advocate for the musicians. Mm -hmm. Right. Yep. Mm -hmm. But also understand the business side of it when it comes to budgets and, you know, what the artist is trying to do as well. So trying to make everybody happy all around. Got you. So it's, it starts there, you know, and then once I have a meeting with the management and the artists, they tell me their vision of what they're trying to do. Um, sometimes a lot of these artists have creative directors. Okay. And if they do that, I consult with them most of the time, the creative director, because they have a show script right. of like, 
like colors. All right, for this song, it's going to be this type of color, which create this type of mood. Right. So we need the music to reflect that. And then we need this song to go into this song. Mm. So it's a lot of uh, mapping out the show. Right. Uh, skeleton, bare bones. And then I take all that information, go to the studio, and then I turn into producer mode. Got you. And okay. then I relay these things to the musicians. Yep. Like I said, I have a team of guys that I work with. So I'm always open to their suggestions of like, okay, what do you guys think about this transition going from here to here? What would you guys do? And then we all figure it out together to make it cohesive. So it's like you more know? collaborative. And I, and I like that process of, of not telling people what to play, okay. but being open to what feels right to everybody, you know, because it makes it more natural. Got you. And a lot of times for stuff that I MD, mm-hmm. they don't even have a live band on stage, right? Right. So it's all pre-recorded band. Got you. So we got to make it feel like it's live, yeah, got you. even though we aren't in the, in the, in the venue. So, you know, Mm. I had to take all those things in consideration. So, and even once we do those arrangements, record all those uh, parts with instruments, you have to engineer it properly so it translates. So that's where the producer hat comes in. Right. You know, so you got to make sure things are in time. You got to make sure things aren't clicking and popping and distorted. Right. So that's where the engineering hat from myself and producer hat comes in to make sure that what I'm presenting to the client sounds great. So mm-hmm. when their engineer, their live engineer, get my file, yeah. if they just put everything at zero, at unity on their console, they have a great starting point, you know? Yeah, that's Instead big, of yeah. like, stuff is all over the place, files don't start at the same place, mm-hmm. so you're trying to figure out where this go. Yeah, yeah, stuff yeah. isn't labeled properly, it's <laughs> yeah. the wrong format. Uh, the wrong bit rate. There's a lot of stuff consider, that goes yeah. into it that people really don't think about. But, you know, we only hear the end result. But it's a lot of technical things. Yeah, behind the scenes. Getting the end result. Uh, yeah, for yeah. sure. For sure. And I mean, the many hats that you wear, you know better than everyone else how many layers there are that is goes from making a song to putting out a song. Yeah. Sorry, I hear uh, music in the back. Someone's background. That's probably me. Sorry. Let me see if this TV. Hold That's on, okay. Guys. No problem. It's, it's, it's just going to come through on the recording. I know Matt. Oh, sorry about that. That's okay. That's I know Matt's going to ask me questions. Yeah, much better. Thank you. Sorry about that. That's easy. Yeah, no man. That's easy. I was listening to an episode of EYL and they had Bounty Killer on. And it sounded like they're on the middle of the street with little kids in the background, cars honking. So don't worry. It actually threw me off because I was driving when I was listening. And I thought someone yeah. kept honking their horn at me. It took me like. Are you like looking around? Yeah, like, like, Where's this little dinky horn coming from? Anyway, so That's we're good. Funny. <laughs> Shout out to Bounty. <laughs> um, has there ever been a moment in the studio where I, you had been starstruck or working with somebody where you're like, oh, damn, like this is Mariah or Mary J? Absolutely. <laughs> Still? Which one? Hold on, Which hold one? On. Hold on. I'm just going to pan. Over here, so you can see. I already saw MJ. I saw MJ. I saw that one. I saw okay. (laughs) Wow. Yeah, yeah. That's crazy. That's crazy. So that 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 did it for me right there. Working with MJ and and James Brown. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yikes. Pinnacle. That's the pinnacle. Yeah. You know, as a drummer musician (laughs) playing for James Brown, legend, and being as I like to call it, funk certified. Mm. (laughs) What more can you ask for? Absolutely. Wow. And That's then get beautiful. a chance to work with Mike and, you know, be in a room with him and talk with him. And, you know, we worked on music. Unfortunately, it never came out because he passed away. Right. And, uh, yeah. Will, I, and Will I Am didn't want to release anything out of respect to him and his family. Mm. Wow. But, um, yeah, that was an amazing opportunity to, you know, to go and work with him. So I would say those two for sure. What, would wow. you, uh, what, what are your kind of like your biggest takeaways? You mentioned those two, uh, MJ and James Brown. What were your takeaways from your experience working with each of them? Man, I would say, James, it was very interesting. Um, He did a song on the Black Eyed Peas, uh, I think it was Monkey Business album, called uh, They Don't Want Music. Mm -hmm. So getting a chance to see his recording process and and, um, just the way he commanded the room. Yeah. Yeah. um, It was was absolutely great. And... um, you know, he, he said something in a session to where he wanted a saxophone player to play a sax solo. And then, you know, we get to the part. Yeah. 
play that funky horn. Give me that funky horn. <laughs> and so he goes into doing it solo, and he starts playing like a, you know, ripping. Like, and he was like, cut it. You know? uh, He's like, that's too, that's too, that's too complicated. Mm. We need something simple so the kids can understand. Uh. He's like, play Mary Had a Little Lamb. <laughs> <laughs> All right, here we go. Give me that funky horn. Give me that funky horn. And he goes, do, 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 do. And he started going crazy. So the takeaway from that is like, don't be too complicated to where yeah. the normal masses can't understand or feel what you're doing. Right. And, you know, with his music, it's simplistic, but yet it's complicated. It's it's simple enough to grasp, the mm-hmm. normal person can grasp, but only the musician types understand the intricacies and the complexity of what he did. Yeah, gotcha. Yeah. So, yeah, just just learning that was amazing. And then Mike, yeah. I mean, Jesus Christ, oh, I mean, man, yeah, I, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. 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 yeah, we get it. We don't have to say anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's Michael Jackson. We understand. We understand. Everybody listening, just like, yeah, yeah, they're not in their heads. Yeah, yeah, it's Mike. It's Big Mike. What are you asking that question for? Yeah, no, we get it. Yeah, man, that's huge, though, man. No um, kidding. Given given who you've worked with, is there anyone that you still kind of like? Fingers crossed hope to work with before you know you call it a day i don't know why i said it call like it a day I was like, what are you? <laughs> before you know before you stop doing music you know what i mean like i hear that yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that day will come exactly like one day i just want to be on a beach just chilling Fair enough. Mm. there you go that's what you meant the sunset yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> let's see i would have to say I haven't worked with Beyonce yet. That would be kind of dope. I don't think they, yeah, I think that's the last big star. <laughs> Her and Dritz. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, literally. And I, yeah. I and I want to work with them when they're trying to do like real music. And not to say mm. what they're doing isn't. Okay. But like when they're trying to do like, okay, we're about to get a band. Yeah. We're about yeah, to do yeah. something Got that you. y'all wouldn't even expect to hear me doing. Right. That would yeah. be interesting. Kind of like how bad. Lady Gaga has transitioned from you know, being the pop god, goddess, yeah. to she can do Vegas doing jazz. Right, you know what I'm right. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's like a whole different thing. So I, I would like to work with her at that point where she's just like, you know what, I want to I wanna sing freaking opera or something, just something right, that's yeah, out yeah. of the box. <laughs> yeah, right. yeah. That she's like, damn, Beyonce did a Bossa Nova album. That's crazy. Yeah. Ah, that would take, be you know, dope. To go crazy in Brazil. Just like that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> exactly. Take so, yeah, story. I would say yeah. her, definitely Drake. I think Drake is fire. Yeah, of course. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm confused by yeah, people more. that don't think he is. Yeah, me too. <sighs> I, I, I don't understand the, the, the numbers. The track record speaks for itself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. you gotta respect that. Exactly. Yeah. No kidding. <laughs> yeah, it's nuts, man. Yeah, I, I would say Legendary. those two for me. Yeah, yeah. As of now, I would say those two. Okay. What What would you say are some of your pet peeves working with artists? Like you've worked with the Creme de la Creme, and I'm sure some of them have been wonderful to work with, and some of them have been tougher. But then there's you know people that aren't so established in their career that feel or have the attitude of the creme de la creme. What are some Absolutely. of what are some of your pet peeves or your advice to, you know, artists that are kind of just getting into working with other people in their music? Well, what you just said, it's like you ain't even put in no work yet. Right. But yeah. I'm supposed to try to treat you like you Madonna. got plaques on the wall. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, stop. Yeah. Relax. Yeah. <laughs> you know, if I'm a Grammy Award winning producer and I can walk into the studio and be humble. Right. Enough to learn from even an unsigned artist. You should be doing this. Yeah, same. much, it's much, like, yeah, much more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Then, yeah. It's like, relax. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. yeah it, you know what what bothers me about a lot of people nowadays is that they want the spoils without of the work. fame mm. without the work and the hustle. Yeah, man. And that, that's like my my first thing whenever I work with an artist or a new artist and they want like, please, please, let's work together. Yeah. I like, what's your track record? Like, what have you done without anybody? Because I can tell you what I did mm-hmm. before I got into Black Eyed Peas. I did a lot of stuff. Yeah, I right. produced a gospel album. Uh, I used to travel all around New England playing gigs and all that stuff. So I put in work, you know? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I'm just like, what work? 
because I don't want to feel like I'm out hustling you at your own career. Like right. your career does nothing for me. Wow. Right, right, right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yikes. You should be more excited about your career than me. You should be inspiring me to want to huh. do more. Mm, as true. you know, being a younger person, period. Just like, yo, you should be gun ho about your career. This is you. Instead yeah. of like, oh, it's sitting back in the back on your phone. So what do you have for me today? Ooh, like, what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you taking pictures? And yeah. I'm like, yo, stop taking pictures. Write something. Right. Do something. Do something. Oh, that man. contributes. You know what I'm saying? Because you should be outworking me. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So yeah. that's what I feel is unfortunately the blessing and the curse of the internet. Yeah. Because yeah. so people mm-hmm. feel like they're stars only because some people press a button on a phone. Touch right? the screen <laughs> twice. Yeah. 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 To yeah. say, I like it. Oh my God. I, I'm ready for the big time. Yeah. And then that kind of messes up the talent pool as well because it gets so oversaturated. True. 100%. With people wouldn't. With no talent, but got views. following, following, yeah. yeah, yeah. Then people that have talent, but don't do the the corny crap to get the views, right? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And then their talent gets pushed to the side because they don't have a hundred thousand, two hundred thousand, thousand followers, right? Yeah, yeah. Man. that's so true. Yeah, you see that a lot yeah, actually. So, preaching hard, man. Yeah, that's so that's venom. what. Yeah, that, you know, and, and I feel for those people because it's a lot of really, really talented people out there that gets pushed aside mm-hmm. for the views of the other. That's so true. Only because they get eyeballs, and it's not necessarily because they're talented. It's only because they got eyeballs. Yep. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, 100%. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's that's my old man rant. Uh, yeah, yeah. No, we right, felt no, that. I we appreciate it. Behind that. Kids. Yeah, young you kids, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that's a tough one, though, because you do have to break through. And I know you work with a lot of much bigger and known artists at the top of their games, at the top of the game right now at this point. Mm-hmm. One, do you have an opportunity to still work with anybody who is not as established? Is that something that you... Even enough time for it at this Absolutely. point? Absolutely. Yeah. Grow bono work? Well, maybe not that far, but... Yeah, well, it's <laughs> all yeah, work yeah. nowadays. Oh, it's just like, okay, I just did a free beat. All yeah, right, yeah. great. <laughs> we share the master. Right, right? Yeah, what do yeah, you do? Yeah. I mean, that's kind of where it is now because there are no record budgets. Mm, there are no... Yeah. It's very rare that people are signed, and even when they're signed, you do stuff on spec. And then mm. hope if your song makes the album, then you get paid. And then that takes forever because you got paperwork, legal, back and forth. Yeah. So, man, the investment for a producer. And this is this is one thing that a lot of people in the industry don't really know. They all think that these producers just make a whole bunch of money and then their songwriters don't make nothing. Yeah. I can tell you this from experience is that I'm both. I'm a songwriter and I'm a producer. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes I don't get paid for being a producer like two and three years after the song then came out. Oh, wow. Wow. Yeah. It's because of time. certain legal things, um, paperwork, lawyers. So people think like, oh, you got your producer advance because you got a song. Nah, sometimes it takes forever. Wow. Right. And then when the good when the good old days back in the day, you would get an advance, you know. Right. And it would be your rate. Nowadays... It is tough. It's Ooh. tough to get your producer advance, you know, especially what you used to get when money was good. And it's like now, I was like, oh, can you do us a favor? Oh, wow. uh, yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's always favor. So you have to Game delegate change. what's worth it, the give and take of it all to say, hey, less money up front, more on the back end mm. or more money up front, less on the back end, you know? Do you think that the Yikes. new model will actually discourage people from wanting to be just a strictly producer? I always think that production is the best way to go. Okay. Because of you being able to get in advance. When that comes, who knows? Okay. Right, <laughs> right. Yeah. But it's also about the investment that you put in, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So if you invest in time and money into doing these demos and making records for artists that don't see the light of day, right? one, the, that's time you'll never get back. Right, yeah. Yep. 
And that's what's the most valuable commodity Absolutely. is my time. Yeah, You're not really paying me for my talent. No. You're paying me for my time. Right. You know? Because yeah. that's time I could be working on other things. That's time I could be making beats for myself. Right. That's time I could be with my family. Of course. Yeah. So it's a lot that goes into booking sessions and doing things. So it has to make sense. Yeah. yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. But I will say that having a job as a producer mm-hmm. would be a little bit more profitable up front than being a songwriter to start. Okay. Start. Okay. Now to start, if you're a songwriter and you don't have any big credits, don't start a publishing deal because you're going to be miserable. Right. Okay. Right. And this is, you know, gems like whenever you do a publishing deal as a songwriter, mm-hmm. you want to do it when you got real estate and your real estate is your song. Gotcha. Right? Okay. So if your real estate value isn't that much, don't go try to get a publishing deal because then you're going to owe more than what your real estate is worth. Right? Gotcha. Then you're going to yeah, be yep. upside down. Right. Just like if you buy a house. Yeah. So it's the same thing in music. You want to go get a publishing deal as a songwriter when you have valuable real estate, mm-hmm. right? When you got a song that's charting or you got a song that's uh, uh, doing really good in streaming, that's when you want to go say, hey, I'm going to make this regardless of if y'all sign me or not. Right. So okay. do you want to just advance me my money like a bank? You just want to advance me what's going to come to me? And y'all get a, a piece of that, and then I get a piece of what you guys can offer me as far as artists, mm. as far as uh, uh, different situations I can be placed in to make more money and more right. real estate. Right. That makes sense. Right? Yeah. Yeah. That's the way to think of it is like think of publishing deals and record labels as a songwriter as a bank. Right. You want to go in there with some stuff that you own that's worth something so they can tell you, okay. Well, we'll pay you X, Y, and Z for this. Gotcha. And then they get something because they're going to say, hey, this new songwriter signed to us. So they get to promote you. Mm. And then on the flip side, you get access. You get to go in the door. So now you can walk in and say, hey, can you book me a session with X, Y, and Z to see if I can write something? Uh, right? Yeah. So that's the, that's the give and take of getting a publishing deal. And that's when you want to get one. Mm. Now, if you're an independent person, um, that doesn't have a big hit, don't look for it, don't sign it, don't do it mm. because you will be miserable because you don't have the access to get out of the deal because you're not writing songs. Right. Uh, That's getting placed, yeah, right? Yeah. Because a lot oh. of times they sign writers to shelf them. Mm. Just like, all right, I'm going to put you in the back burner. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Just you in know, case. I'm gonna put you back here. Yeah, just in case, huh. you know, because they they take advantage of kids and people that need money. Yeah, right? and you never want to go into a business deal, uh, especially in the music industry, when you need money because you make a bad decision. Yeah, right, hundred percent. So that's why I say make sure you go with value. If your real estate or whatever it is you're bartering with has value, so you can be, have more control of what you want to do. And that's the yeah. way I took when I did my publishing deal. Okay. Um, when I did my publishing deal, this was about what, over 10 years ago. Yeah. I, I signed with Universal. Okay. So at that time, I had the Black IP songs. I had I'm a B that went number one and yeah. I had Meet Me Halfway right. that went number one in the UK. Mm. And then I had four songs total on the end, which was the Black IP's P's biggest album to date. Gotcha. Right? Yeah. Yep. So I was a free agent. Mm. So I was shopping a deal before those songs started, right? Okay. Yeah. yeah. And I'll never forget this. I'm in the room with this guy. I won't say his name. My <laughs> lawyer and myself. Yeah. Played him those songs, and he was like, "Nah, that song won't won't chart. That song won't do nothing." Mm-hmm. And that was Amma B. Yeah. Wow. So they low. So they lowballed me. Yeah. And I was like, you know what? I'm cool on that. I don't need that deal, yeah, right? Yeah. Because like I said, I got faith. I know that these songs are a smash. I named it a hit, yeah. so I'm good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. I yeah. felt it. I, yeah. I know I'm good. Yeah. So a little bit, I'll wait a little bit of time. You know, I'm touring, doing different things, so I didn't need their money. Right. Right? Gotcha. Yeah, yep. yeah, yeah. So I had money from touring, 
stashing it away, writing records, producing. So I'm getting that advanced. Mm-hmm. So I'm good. So we still continue the process. And uh, I met a guy, uh, James Cheney. So he's the guy who signed me to Universal Publishing. Okay. okay. So by that time, songs were out. The album was out. Things were going great. Mm-hmm. Boom, boom, boom. Do the talk. They come back with a seven-figure deal. Hey. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what Conversation <is> changed. <laughs> hey. Exactly. Yeah. Wow. And you want to know the wonderful thing about that is that when you do your deal, I did my deal to be able to recoup. And once I recoup the money they advanced me, mm-hmm. I was done. The deal was over. Ah, okay. okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. So a lot of people don't do that. They were like, you have to fulfill songs. You have to like give us seven 100% <clears throat> written songs mm. to get out of your deal. Mm. And as you can see, and you guys are music guys, Nobody writes a hundred percent of a song unless you freaking will. I am yeah. <laughs> do the beats, yeah. Write the lyrics, and then I'm the artist. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah. That's one hundred. He has to write seven of those, right? Right. So I'm like, nah, Jeez. that ain't the deal I want to do. Uh. I want to be able to do it. It's like when I pay y'all y'all money back, we can renegotiate this deal. Nice, nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I paid that back in in four years. Beautiful, Easy. yeah. Easy. Knowledge. Wow. You know? Yeah. So that's what you want to do, guys. You want to be able to have, you know, have wealth, but have the real estate to be able to dictate your terms and never go in there when you're broke and needing money because you'll mm. make the wrong decision. That's so Those true. Big words. And just being able to control like your path and your yeah. ownership on your Absolutely. own stuff. That's yeah. Absolutely. key these days, especially. You're right. Those gems are hopefully yep. going to be valuable. I know they're valuable to me, but to a lot of people that are looking to make that move but it goes back to just a lot of artists always make the wrong not the wrong moves but they make moves too early and it's usually just for the look and just to be able to say you got a production deal to say Mm. you're working with xyz universal you know just to have that name but there's no real wealth behind that and they end up getting either like you said shelved or broke that's uh, some beautiful advice there. And I know we don't have a lot of time left, but I'm just curious, how much music do you write for yourself personally? When you're writing, do you ever like make a song like, oh, Will, I am ain't seeing that one. That's that's for Keith. Like, do you ever? Absolutely. Do you ever just selfishly <laughs> write for yourself? <laughs> yeah, man, I mean, making beats because, you know, it, it'd be the one that like, you know what? I will play this for Will. And then if he don't, if he ain't digging it, I'm like, okay, that's coming <laughs> that's right over to my back. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Because you know, sense. you know, for myself, not to brag or anything, mm-hmm. a lot of songs that I've done have been two years before it's time. Right. Mm. So I did a song on Fergie's album called uh, our first album, uh, The Duchess, called All That I Got. Okay. Right? Yeah. Yeah. When that came out, what, 2010 or something like that? Somewhere around in 1910? Yeah. yeah. I did that song in 98. Really? Wow. I did that beat in 1998. Wow. Really? I, the first time I came to L.A. Wow. with Young Lord, I did that beat. <laughs> wow. And I sold that beat almost 10 years later. Wow. Damn. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I'm a beat. Wow. I did that maybe like a year before it came out. Dang. That's the crazy. whole oh listen, my, on my project, the Keith Harris Experience Volume One. Yeah, uh, I'm from Chicago, so I've been doing Chicago house all my life, right. and I released house music in 2020. Mm-hmm. And what everybody doing now? <laughs> house, house music, music. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, serious. You know, like our girl Beyonce. So, <laughs> exactly. So timing is everything. Timing is everything. I've been a little ahead of the curve sometimes. Um, but yeah, yeah, That's I do crazy. I do keep things for myself because I feel like I can change my direction or change, you know, music's direction because I've already infiltrated Will I Am's ear. You know, he's like, <laughs> yeah. What's that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> What's that? Okay. Yeah, we need to do something like that, you know? Yeah. And he, he takes those influences huh. and then we all collaborate and Beautiful. make great music. So That's So you've you've already heard or made the sound for twenty thirty is what you're saying. <laughs> In his dreams, yeah. that's in your dreams. Yeah. Stuff in, in his dreams, yeah. His dreams, his dreams are actually yeah, done. That's crazy. Twenty thirty music already. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey man, it's working. I love it. I love no, it. No, I got to ask you because we actually mentioned Drake, and uh, 
You yeah. worked with another Toronto artist that we are very familiar with. I've uh, I've yeah. worked with her myself, Julie Black, the Queen. I actually don't know how that came to be. So, can you kind of tell us that story and that experience? Oh man, Julie. Oh, hold on, let me show you something. Since I'm sitting right here, Julie. Oh man, I got this guy. Oh, oh beautiful, my Juno. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So. Canadian Grammy. That's it's it. right here. Canadian, wow. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, man. Um, Julie Black. What year is on this? This is 2000, dang, 2007. Seven. Wow. So I met Julie Black when we did a Canadian tour. Uh, and she opened for us on a couple shows. Uh -huh, okay. And, um, you know, back in the day, we used to date. So you can. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. Okay. Yeah, that was my okay. girlfriend. Yeah, That's going to be our Julie headline. Black. <laughs> Julie Black's yeah, ex boyfriend's on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Like, what? Why did you say that? <laughs> but yeah. But That's not funny. to knock anything of our experience together because we made a great album. Dope. Um, Super dope. Had a dope. chance crazy, to yeah. really uh, dig in the trenches with her yeah. and make revival. Mm. Um, mm. You know, we just talked about this a couple weeks ago that it's been, what, it's like almost 15 years or something since it's been out. And um, that was one of my, I would say, that was one of my top pieces of work I've ever done in my life. Wow, that's um, huge. Yeah, that's it, a, it yeah, really a lot. Yeah, especially for me being that young, being tasked with producing, you know, Julie Black is a big deal in Canada. Oh, so yeah, yeah. having having the reins to produce somebody like that, her whole project, and they trusted me to do that. That's big, yeah. And um, she won, like I said, won a, a, a Juno she for really it. Well, yeah. She had a big, big songs from it. And um, yeah, man, that was a great, great opportunity and a great time. And I love that album. One of my favorites, Dope. hands down. Dope. That's beautiful. Yeah, man. Wow. Yep. Yeah, it's been and then the musicianship on that was a nice balance of musicianship, but yet being, you know, current at the time. So yeah, it was what, cool. Revival, that's the one that had um, Seven Day Fool? absolutely yeah 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 okay okay yeah yeah, yeah. wow that was like Huge. when she was at the pinnacle that's, that's platinum, the top right? that's yeah. yeah maybe her biggest yep and Oof. fun fact for you guys yeah, yeah so during that album recording process we recorded it in los angeles in um my guy's studio in north hollywood right mm -hmm. so it was a house that i lived in and the studio was in the back called El Cubano Studios, my guy George Pajone from the Black Eyed Peas. Nice. That was his studio. Okay. So before that, we had a show in Cancun mm -hmm. with Fergie that I decided to go jet skiing for the first time, right? <laughs> Didn't go, turn man. out great. Yeah. I tore my ACL, oh, right? Oh, man. Oh, no. He tore your ACL yeah. jet skiing? Yeah, dang. Exactly. Who does that, right? Yeah, I was going to say it, but... <laughs> that, hey, you bring me back, and I'll do that story. Okay. But, okay. you know, the fast forward, literally, yeah. I had surgery the whole night. Julie helped me out. Um, I was on crutches. This thing called the Flex Mate. So it was flexing my knee yeah. to keep it from getting stiff. Yeah. So I was producing her album from my bed. Oh, wow. Wow. Because they were in the back recording. Do you so pictures? some of the songs... <laughs> Yeah, I actually do. That's I crazy actually do. That'd be wow. dope. Yeah. Yeah, wow. I have pictures of me on crutches in the studio, and I have me laying in the bed, like, trying to uh, produce the songs and stuff. So, Jeez. yeah, man, I was on one leg through half of that album process. Ain't no stopping wow. you, though, man. Yeah, I definitely yep. want to hear that jet ski story another time, though, for sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, uh, it's hilarious. <laughs> yeah. It still had to play a show that night, though. Damn. That same one night. Leg. Uh, yep. Like the night out Same of the wow, day. that's crazy. Wow. And that I got people who can't show up because they got a little sniffle. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I have to be playing this for some people. Man. <laughs> uh, you see, that's yeah. what I'm saying, man. That's why I'm like, yo, if you're not out here serious about what you're trying to do, it ain't nothing you can't tell me mm -hmm. that will convince me that you can't do it. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah, There's yeah. always a way. Figure it out. Figure it out. That's it. <laughs> That's it right That's there, exactly man. That's exactly it. That kind of sums it up, too. Um, I got some more questions, <laughs> but I guess there's going to have to be a part two. I hope you'll join us again, Keith. Yeah, um, we got to twist his arm to try Absolutely. and get him back. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> Next man. time you come back, though, I'm going to have some spice from Julie. So I'm going to ask. I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. You can have us both on at the same time. <laughs> oh, <snap>. Surprise. <laughs> Jerry Springer style. Bring her out. Yeah. <laughs>
you did me wrong. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I did. I did. But, I'm but we, got, we got hits together. We got hits. We're good. Yeah. <laughs> we made a great baby. Revival. Yeah. That's beautiful, man. It scared me. I was like, wait, what? <laughs> the album, got you. Yeah, yeah the that's album. The, that's the yeah, the album. Keith, man, it's awesome. You've been a real pleasure, man. Um, let people know where to find you. Website, socials, whatever, wherever. Let them know. Yep. You can find me socials, Keith Harris Experience on IG, uh, Twitter, uh, all the platforms. Type in Keith Harris Experience, you'll find me. Also, you can go to KeithHarris.life, L-I-F-E. That's my website. You can go there. But yeah, all the socials, Keith Harris experience. Dope. You find me. I got to sneak one last question. You Sorry, can hear man. that video I watched too. I got one last one. Just a curiosity thing. Of course. Yeah, I know you started off playing in church. Do you still play in church at all? <laughs> you get the opportunity <laughs> to? <laughs> no, that's what I want. I really wanted to know. See, that's what, that's what part two, man. That's <laughs> he was right there. It all. Yeah, he but... said, no. <laughs> and, that's, and we're done. Yeah, man. <laughs> I, I serve my time. We're good, I man. We're good. I feel you, brother. I feel you. That's beautiful. Yeah, you got to get me back for part two. I'm absolutely down for Definitely want to we'll hear that, man. Thank we'll you so much. It, Enjoy the rest of your day. Yes, Thank sir. you. It's been a pleasure, for real. Yeah, thanks, Keith. Hey, my pleasure, guys. Right. Have me. Uh, yes, thanks sir. for having yes, me. I appreciate yes, yes. it. Until the next episode, stay safe, guys. As a podcaster, you know that great content is only half the battle. The other half is finding the right hosting platform to reach your audience. That's where Captivate comes in. With unlimited podcasts, advanced analytics, and personalized support, Captivate has everything you need to grow your audience and monetize your show. Join the thousands of successful podcasters just like us who trust Captivate for their hosting needs. Visit dnaairwaves.com slash Captivate today to start your free trial.